to the Sober Experiment podcast by Be Sober. I'm Lisa. And I'm Alex. If you're new to our podcast, Lisa and I have been best friends since high school. And after many years of getting drunk together, we decided to experiment with being sober together. You can find out more about our story by going right back to the start of season one. We started Be Sober with a vision to connect people living a sober lifestyle, to help them feel less alone and show them that you can still have loads of fun without the booze. Be Sober is now the only sober community that has absolutely everything you need in one place. And we both believe from the bottom of our hearts that everyone who doesn't want to drink alcohol deserves to feel normal. Yo, yo, <laughs> yo, yo, yo. What's this up? is this is what's up. I hey, do you remember that. What's up? The Budweiser advert that. What's what's up? <laughs> Not very appropriate for a sober podcast, but there we go. Bud Bud what are they call Budweiser. Oh, it's not wrong with me today. Budweiser alcohol free, guys. <laughs> <laughs> we're not being paid for that ab. Wish ab ad. I wish we were. <laughs> oh right, Lisa. Got abs on the mind. Abs on the mind. <laughs> oh right. This is weird because usually we come on, we do our talk, we warm up, and then <laughs> we chat with our guests. But we've we've done it all ass up, haven't we? Yeah, but nobody will know that. I knew you they were will. Tell everyone. And then I thought, why are you going to tell everyone? Because nobody knows. You know why I'm telling people? Because I know I might say, oh, yeah, we just talked about that in the podcast and we've not That's yet talked right. about it in the podcast. That's okay. Well, anyway, I need to. You could say upcoming. Oh, keep listening. Upcoming. <laughs> oh, Alex, more, more blunders from Alex. He's got no head screwed on today. <laughs> It's my turn, isn't it? It's my turn to enter the brain fog era. It must be. Oh, I've had some funny things. So yesterday, right, let me just tell you about this. I opened, if I can remember the story, I opened up the drawer in my kitchen for a spoon and I must have stood staring at this drawer full of cutlery for about three minutes, like thinking, why am I here? Why am I here? I knew I were in there for summer, but I couldn't for It's awful, isn't it? It's, <laughs> it's a real thing. Brain fog is a real thing. I'm just so pleased now that I know what it's been because since we started this podcast, there's so many times, and you're going to hear Alex do this in the podcast. <laughs> that's coming See, up. We did need to say it. because <laughs> oh, I said you're going to hear it. Oh, dear. <laughs> Um, but so many times where I've been so involved and excited about something I'm saying and it just goes, like literally goes. But now I know, so all this time I've been doing this podcast and people probably thought, God, she's just dumber. Actually, <laughs> actually it's been a real thing. It's like having someone your head. Like, so like you've just said, I do it on this podcast, right? And then at the end, I go, I've remembered now. But actually, the reality is, I don't know if I did remember or if I just had to add some of it because I still feel like I've forgotten some of it. But that could just be my words at the beginning a minute ago. It's crazy. This is what, like, when you say it, it's like your head has just been emptied. And this is important that everybody knows that this happens. <laughs> and it's not like, you know, when you're searching for a word and you use your brain and you go, up yeah. and around you normal pathways to try and find where yeah, that word is. One. There's no pathways. It's, no, just, it's, just, like, uh, it's, just, it's uh. just like, it's just a stare. And honestly, if your brain could make a noise, it'd be, uh. <laughs> what it is. It's awful. <laughs> it is a big fat, uh. That's yeah. what it is. Like, I've done it. I've gone in rooms. I've come to have conversations a few times now. So, yeah, but I always just think that maybe I'm just really busy. <laughs> yeah, but we are busy as well. I think that's what the thing is and why people don't 
like deny hormones (laughs) perimenopause and menopausal deniers right they just think oh i'm so busy yeah actually you oh (laughs) (laughs) she doesn't know what she was gonna say actually you're perimenopausal is what she was gonna say yeah it's Thank a good you. job we've got each other, honestly, to bail each other out of this big pile of shit we get into sometimes. I know. I want to talk about something on this podcast today. Oh, oh. what do I know? No, it's not a thing yet. I just want to, I want to talk about my week. <laughs> oh, oh, all right. Oh, you, have rough, you have had a rough week, haven't you? Well, not necessarily rough, but a lot has happened. Like mm-hmm. one of the things that has happened is that I should have been flying to Italy in two days time for my anniversary Valentine's weekend. Yeah, and I've had to cancel it. <laughs> I was going to say should have been. Should have been, should have been. It was booked. We were going to the Leaning Tower of Pisa. We were actually staying at the um, Pisa Hotel, the Tower of Pisa Hotel or something like that. We had a full itinerary planned to go to Florence. And oh, I'm not Florence. Have you been? Are you taking the piss? <laughs> <laughs> No, no, I'm not. Have you ever been? No, Alex. I was going on Sunday. I know, but you've been to Pisa before. Yeah, well, yeah. So yeah I was not. Okay. <laughs> you're taking the piss. No, genuinely, I was like, have you been? It's so beautiful. I'm sorry oh, well, you're God. <laughs> and my PT said to me this morning, well, I bet the weather's rubbish. I said, is it though? I showed her the weather and it's got big sunshines every <laughs> single day till next Tuesday. Oh, it's uh, so funny. Yeah, Rob's done his, his, they don't call it slip disc anymore, apparently. It's like a lumbar something. And so is that not just the scientific name for it though, a lumbar something? I don't know. Well, he genuinely cannot move. There's no way we can go, bless him. It's like them conversations. So it reminds me of them conversations we have where you say, why do they use those words to describe this? Why can't they just say what it is? It's stupid. It's but words annoy me. <laughs> Big words annoy me. Like why? It's true though. Why say something really long and drawn out? Because honestly, people like me, <laughs> I switch off. When a sentence has long words in it, I've gone, I've gone, I've lost it. Don't start books with long words. <laughs> That's to every author ever. <laughs> Just start it simple. Nice and simple, baby. Once upon step. a time will do. <laughs> Come on, what else has gone on in your week then? Or was that what you wanted to share? Um, no, that was one of them. The other thing is, I went to, a bit random, but I went to the theatre on Friday night to watch Made in Tennessee. So Made in Tennessee is, it wasn't a play, it was like a concert, but in a theatre, so you all sat down, which is so weird. Um, well, that, anyway, man behind, that man behind me would have liked that one, yeah, the Robin Williams concert. Oh, no. Yeah, because you were like it slanted, so he'd have been all right. But, <laughs> but it was really, really good. It was something different. And I knew like all the songs. I didn't know I was such a country fan. Like, I absolutely loved it. But what I wanted to talk about is one of the songs. Um, and it really interested me this actually the song was really emotional and it was basically about I can't remember what it was called I'll have to find out but it was about a guy that had more or less drank himself to death he was drinking to numb out he'd had like he was so sad he was drinking and he ended up dying and then his wife started drinking because she was so sad that he died and then she didn't end up in a very good place because she would that was basically what this song was about and at the end of the song do you know what they said 
What? He said, just to be fully transparent, this uh, bottle of whiskey on the bar behind us is completely empty. Um, but normally it would be full. So I'm gonna make, I'm gonna sort that out in the break because God, do I need a drink now after listening to that song? Oh. And uh, it, you know what was so interesting is that honestly, like, and then there was like laughter from the audience, like, oh yeah, get your whiskey, da da da. And it was interesting because we just don't see the connection. No. It wasn't done on purpose. It was like at all. And I'd have done something like that in the past. But you, when you drink, you do not see the connections. That you really don't. About somebody dying through alcohol. And then everybody has a laugh about, oh, we all need to drink now because that, that, that yeah, yeah you don't make you don't the dots absolutely not because it's all about well that happened to them but I'm on the other side which is kind of relevant to our podcast it happened I know that I did forget some of the conversation but it did happen to me last night for the first time in ages with the same person I talk about at my son's karate session and she was asking me about do you have a drink like at Christmas I said no and she was like yeah but what about at weddings and I was like no and it was like but what about on your birthday? I was like, no, I really just don't want one anymore. It's gone. And like, she was, she was intrigued. It wasn't in a judgy way. Yeah. Yeah. She just couldn't get her head round. Like, oh, well you get to a point one day where life is different and you don't want a drink. I actually think that's what I forgot to say. <laughs> I don't think it was what I thought it was. I think that's what we're talking about anyway. <laughs> Oh, I feel oh, sorry for our listeners today. Yeah, I am so sorry. Honestly, it's just... You're going to have to piece this not. podcast together. <laughs> It'll be brilliant. It'll be fine. They'll love it. They'll love hearing the confusion that unfolds. <laughs> on another note, I also want to say that, um, because I talk about my son later on in this podcast, but um, he got a diagnosis last week of ADHD, oh, which yeah. has been something that I've been trying for for, like so so long and he's been in a position where he said yeah I really I really want to like get help and he's got apparently these three types and he's got all three really high level it's mad isn't it that but to yeah. you it's not surprising is it not at all not at all and hopefully now we can like go forward and he can get the help that he needs um I, it feels like a bit of a relief a relief that he knows a relief that I know maybe I can help him a little bit more like so much more makes sense do you know it's, what I mean it's also isn't it probably the relief that you it's not your fault you you like you know you it is something there there is something yeah. it's got to be a nice relief that yeah yeah it is so that's been eventful and my eldest daughter is due a baby anytime like, it's got to come this now. weekend if my trip's been cancelled it's got to be for a reason and that It'll must be. be it will be it let, let watch this space we'll update you do you reckon yeah well if 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 um, she has the baby this weekend, people will know about it after the fact because this doesn't go out for another couple of weeks. But yeah, I reckon. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's good. Anyway, introduce today's guest. Oh, well, 
today we've got on our gorgeous, lovely, inspiring, wonderful Carolyn Clark. So Carolyn is one of our Be Sober members. Then she became a Be Sober ambassador for Wales, which is just amazing. She's done the best events. I've even been to her. Um, she's done cold water swimming. She goes on amazing walks. The brunches are incredible. Then she went on to study with Be Academy. So she is now a sober coach. She's doing retreats in Bali with lots more planned. Um, she's We don't have a normal bio like we do for other it's people. It's too hard when you know people though. She can't so read hard, yeah. But just, I promise you, you are going to love her. Hi. Good morning. Hello. It's so lovely to see you. Oh, it's lovely to see you. I feel a little bit starstruck. Oh, oh stop it. We are get so out. You're our friend. <laughs> we are so excited to have you on. Honestly, I say this every time we have either a member or an ambassador, but these are my favourite, favourite podcast because not that the others aren't real, they absolutely are, but we I know, just yeah. feel like we have that different kind of realness about it do you know what I mean like real people <laughs> yeah a hundred percent when I was having my shower and doing my hair before this now I thought um right Carolyn you're just you're normal you're a normal person <laughs> not comparing yourself to authors professors psychologists doctors you know you're okay you'll get through this <laughs> you definitely will do you know what we've just been doing before Brilliant. you came on which is why it was a minute delay you'll think this yeah. is weird comparing physiques <laughs> Standing in the mirror going, look at my arms, look at my belly. Yeah, I know, you're so muscular now, aren't you? <laughs> I had to get her to take a stinking dressing gown off. I said, are you wearing your dressing gown? Yeah. <laughs> this, this is how real we are. <laughs> anyway, let's let's get into you. Let's start talking about you because we've been dying to get you on and you're doing really, really incredible things at the moment, Caroline. But what I thought we could start with is why did you decide to stop drinking in the first place? Okay, I um I kind of knew that I was heading in that direction. Um in 20 18 I stopped I thought I need to get healthier here so and I knew I was going for a month kind of backpacking traveling in India in 19 and 2019 February so I thought mm, I'll just like cut out drinking and you know join a gym and all that stuff so so I did and I really enjoyed the like not drinking part of it you know um but in the back of my mind, I always kind of, and I'd never said at that point, this is forever, you know. So in the back of my mind, whilst I was really enjoying the benefits of not drinking, there was this little fear, there's this little voice saying, Ah, oh, yeah, but you're going to drink on holiday, aren't you? Because, like, you can't go on holiday without drinking, can you? That's not yeah. possible, is it? You know? So I kind of knew that, um, well, I didn't know, but I suspected that that's what I would do. And that's exactly what I did do, you know. So it was a period of about three and a half months, I think, where I didn't drink. And then it came to Christmas and I was going away in February and I thought, oh, well, I'm going to drink on holiday. So I'll just, uh, you know, I'll just have a few over Christmas. And so, yeah, and then 
there it began really my my journey into a really toxic pattern of drinking for that um 2019 and the whole of 2020 really um oh my god so let me get that right then so you tried to stop drinking you did three and a half months found that reasonably easy didn't have a problem with it and then you started drinking again over the Christmas period and that's then when it turned to that's so interesting the thing is with that though you know and this is like what I always think about it's very it's, it's a similar sort of pattern to mine I knew there was a problem yeah. But I didn't think it was a problem. I must have known because I was questioning my drinking, just like you described, because you took that break. Yeah. But actually, it didn't turn bad until after I'd already started questioning my drinking. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like our, our subconscious is going, oh, dear, you know, you, you know you're going to stop this. You'd better move <laughs> the yeah. of it now. You yeah. Know? yeah. Yeah. It really is. So... Take us to the point. So you, you, you've been on your backpacking trip. Mm. You get back from, I'm presuming you get back safe and sound. Seems like you're here. What, <laughs> what happens next? Um, I just continue really with the unhealthy pattern of drinking. The, um, you know, this whole like pinkification of alcohol and the normalization of gray area drinking and how like we all do it and we have a tough day at work we come home and that's the first thing we do you know yeah Um, that continued really but I think it ramped up a bit to be honest um I was you know I, I was grieving some significant losses in my life and hadn't really gone through the process of grieving because when stuff was coming up, I would just numb with with alcohol. Um, I'd lost my brother. Um, uh, he lost his battle at the age of 52. And that was really shocking. Um, and the, the effect on me was that I just couldn't, couldn't handle the feelings that were coming up, you know. So, um, Carolyn, I'm so sorry. When you say he lost his battle, do you with alcohol? With alcohol, yeah. right? Okay. Yeah, yeah. With with Michael, he was sober for a while, and um, he. I remember going. To, he was living with my mother. He had his own house, but I think he was he was too lonely to live there. So he was living with my mum, and I went to my mum's, and it was Christmas time, and and I said, "Oh, where's Michael?" She said, "Oh, he's gone for a pint," and I said. What? Oh. Oh, yeah, he can have a pint. It's okay. It's Christmas. And I was like, no, we can't, mum, you know? And that just escalated. And then Michael basically moved out, my mum's, and just lost all contact with us. Uh, he only lived around the corner from my mum, but we couldn't, you know, he wasn't answering the phone. He wouldn't answer the door. And at that point, I really didn't have a as much of an understanding about uh, alcohol use disorder. I, I don't, I don't sort of use the word alcoholic. I might do sometime in the future. I don't know, but currently I'm not. And he, I didn't know enough about it. So my response was one of like anger, really mm-hmm. like, how can you treat mum like this? How can oh, you not yeah. answer our calls? How can you this, that and the other, you know? And 
I finally got to see him in the June. So this had been six months. Um, my other brother called me and said, I passed Michael's. The front door was open, so I stepped in. He's in a mess, Carolyn. So this was on the Thursday. I said, right, okay, well, tell him I'll be there Saturday when I'm off work. Um, and when I got there on the Saturday, I just knew. And I said, right, Michael, I'm getting a doctor. Um, and the doctor came and she said, 999 ambulance. I travelled with him to hospital in the ambulance. And he said, uh, you know, it was so nice to be in his company again. And um, he said... If they save me now, I, I'm not going back, you know, Carolyn. I said, you're oh. right, you're not. You're not, you know. And um, so I thought he was getting better. And on the fifth day, I was on my way to see him in the morning. And I I went into the church in the in the hospital to, to pray and to, and to just say thanks for, you know. And... Um, and he died while I was in the church. Mm. So, um, yeah, so yeah. So I, so all sorts of feelings came up for me. The, you know, why wasn't I there for him? You know, um, why couldn't I see that he he was desperate and you know you know all of the, the stuff that I'm still working through, still working through it. And um, but I think for for me before I quit uh, for good um, I looked in the mirror and I saw my brother was looking back at me Michael was looking back yeah. at me and I was like oh Michael you know I know what I know if I carry on like this that's where I'm going because it got to such an extent that you know I mean this journey isn't about weight loss for me at all but I was 36 pounds heavier I was oh, wow. um, I was feeling so unhealthy you know the i don't know if you've heard of ascites where you get this swollen abdomen yeah. i could feel it i could feel it wasn't you know i wasn't moving as well i wasn't able to breathe as well you know and i thought oh my god i i know what i know where this is going so um so when i stopped it was even then, you know, our, our brains, the way our brains work, I was telling myself, I'm only doing dry January. Yeah, because you stopped yeah. on New Year's, didn't you? Yeah, just to prove, just to prove I haven't got a problem. I'm going to do dry January. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know, you describe that, um, the journey through the emotions after mm. loss, it it brings home so much. I mean, you and I have had this conversation off this, yeah. you know, we've got very similar stories with a different character in them, haven't we? With yeah. your brother, my dad. And yeah. it was the same. He took a drink yeah. and then that was the demise, you know, after being sober for 10 years. Yeah. You know, and it's horrific. And I don't often talk about that. I don't even know if, I don't know if I've ever said it on the podcast, actually. I'm quite surprised that I just did. But there we go. Um, and, and yeah, and I remember those feelings, yeah. the anger, the resentment, the guilt, the shame, the yeah. disappointment, the guilt again for feeling all those things, you know. Yeah. And it's honestly, Carolyn, it's such a long journey. I mean, my my dad's been gone for 13 years now. And I would say that there are still times where my emotions get confused and mixed up. And there are still times where I can be angry or I can be sad. Or, you know, there, mm. I think what you, you're grieving, aren't you? You're still in a process of grieving and healing. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, the thing that's that always comes to mind for me is that it's the thing about choice and, you know, my anger 
initially was towards my brother, but uh, because, you know, of, of cutting us out for those six months and, and choosing, you know, to drink. But it's not a choice. It's not a choice for him when you're at that stage. It was who would choose yeah. to, you know, to lose their life? Who would choose to lose everything, which is what happened to, to Michael? So we've got a choice now, haven't we? And our choice is not to get there. You know, our choice is to put down the drink and choose sobriety and throw whatever we can into our toolbox. Absolutely. It's really interesting to me, this, because I feel like it's so relatable, your story, not only like Alex says from her dad, my stepdad, um, but also one of our really good friends, Natalie, um, who, who passed away through alcohol. And it's, like Alex was saying about the thing, even now, I like I yeah. wish I'd have known what I know now. Yeah. And I remember saying to Natalie, like, we can help you. Do you want help? And she was like, I'm not ready yet. I'm not ready. Mm-hmm. And that was the night before she died. And there's so many things that I wish that we'd have known or said or done differently. And it's still comes now it haunts me still every now and again you know what I find so hard even now and I'm just going to be really upfront and honest about this is when I stopped drinking I again a bit like what Alex said before I never knew I had a problem with drinking I thought I was a normal drinker I was binge drinker I didn't know it was problematic I was drinking to try and stop the people around me drinking so much because I thought if I stop maybe they'll stop along with me and it'll be fine and it wasn't till I stopped and looked back and I thought oh my god like I had serious problems with this myself but I found it personally really easy to stop drinking Mm. I just stopped I enjoyed I focused on all the amazing things I loved every minute of it I documented it all I had my Instagram sobriety rocks at the time it was like you know it really really helped me and what I struggle with is I don't understand addiction like like I, I suppose I'm supposed to. And I watch this with my own son. So he really struggles with drugs and alcohol, which is not something, again, that I speak about all No, the are we revealing some stuff? I know here? we are revealing today. but and, and I find it so difficult to watch him. And what I've related to there, Carolyn, is you saying, like, you feel like they're choosing it over everything so I see what you were saying with my daughters and they're like but it's so annoying because he's choosing to do this he's being horrible to you he's being selfish to you he's being and I can see us in and I, and I suppose just being really upfront and honest is I'm just in a position of not really knowing yeah. what to do because I don't understand it it feels like he's choosing all them things over from an outside point of view, you can see how amazing that person is. You can see the life they could lead. You can see all the opportunities right there in front of them. Mm. But they just can't see that, can they? No. they? They don't see, I say they, and I don't mean to use they as such a blanket. I'm talking about they as in the people I know and the people I knew. Certainly for my dad, it wasn't, he had life. He had so much else going on. Yeah. He didn't know an alternative, though. He didn't know an alternative way in his life. And I, and I think sometimes the 
the kind of withdrawal or the difficulties that you have to navigate in those early days to become sober are just too challenging for some people, especially, and this is what you've just said, Carolyn, about a toolbox. If you, you know, if you have to stop drinking, my dad had to stop drinking. He was told you must stop drinking. He literally was detoxed and then day one started. He had no tools. He was, he was 50 odd years old. He'd never been taught how to deal with an emotion. He never knew how to deal with his own anger. He didn't know how to have a hobby without a pint in his hand. He didn't know how to have a job without a pint in his hand because he worked the club scene. Like, Yes, I know we've got these services and some of them are amazing. And whether you're a 12 stepper or you're not a 12 stepper, there are things in place. But truly, this is about, and and you used to have it on your Instagram. It is about discovery Mm. after recovery. You have to work on the big picture. You have to work on everything else, don't you? You have to. We'll get back to our chat shortly. But first, let us tell you about some of the things that we offer at Be Sober. We don't want to bombard you with everything we do because there is absolutely loads of it. This week, we're going to tell you a little bit about what else we're up to. So did you know that we offer workplace talks? Our fun, informative and non-preachy workplace talks help change staff's relationship with alcohol, improving their health and well-being, as well as increasing workplace productivity. We've already helped some fantastic companies to make positive changes. If you fancy us having a chat to your workforce, book in a Be Sober Workplace talk today. We also run our talks for schools, colleges, universities and rehabilitation centres to educate students and support those in recovery. If that sounds right up your street, feel free to get in touch. You absolutely do. And I didn't know this before I stopped, but um, I... Like you, Lisa, I, I found it relatively easy, surprising. Yeah. And I think because my brain, I was telling myself, um, well, this is temporary, you know. Yeah, I <laughs> think I all the time, you know, yeah, yeah. until it became, until I, the, the joys yeah. and, and, you know, all the benefits became so overwhelming that it was definitely weighted on the side of staying sober, you know, for yeah. the rest of my life, but. You're right. People don't people don't know the support that's out there. And also, like, because my, my dad uh, died when he was 48. So um wow. that was, that was the, he died the, he died the day before my daughter's first birthday, so over 30 years ago. And he had a problem with alcohol. He was he was detoxed in his twenties. So um, you know, he had a serious problem and but he at the time there was no social media you know they were and Same the, my dad yeah. the only thing available was AA and there's no way my dad was very much an introvert quiet man there's just no way he would do that mm-hmm. it's the same with my brother Michael he he wouldn't do that and when Michael was sober for that period of time I didn't know about all this because I would have been throwing it at him I knew we used Facebook you know I knew we used social media I would have had I known about all this you know the the, there would have been so many tools I could have given him you know we don't know and like you say years back you know uh, similar with my dad I mean I think it was 2001 or two there was nothing they they only had one alcohol-free beer which was um at the time the caliber 
I don't know if oh, you remember caliber. that, you know. We'd be at the bottom of the 50s in, the, in our pub. Dusty, all dusty. You know, there was nothing. and, and fact, you don't and, even think we put it in fridges for people. They had to have it warm. It. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I think, you know, when you look back at that and the lack of what was available, yeah. you know, it, it, it was an incredibly challenging time for people to get sober and, and yes. then to stay sober. Oh, my God, that's even, like, more yeah. challenging. It's funny you say about your dad's, but your, your dad, um, not funny that what you said about your dad but it's the day before your daughter's first birthday my yeah. dad died the day after my daughter's first birthday wow yeah wow. yeah that's crazy so weird isn't yeah. it yeah yeah so that's that's that so you've got all that to to manage you know you've got yeah. this child who needs you but you have you're also you know you've got this incredible yeah, and, and what, what's really apparent is that family connection, you know, and this is where I think sometimes we get a little bit wrapped up in that it be, it's genetic. And actually, yeah. in, in fact, last night I was at the I was at karate with my little boy and a, a lady there is looking at uh, Laura Willoughby's book on mindful drinking. I've, I've lent it to her and she was talking a little bit about all of this that we're talking about now. And I've forgotten completely what I'm saying because I'm perimenopausal, clearly. I actually knew you had this. <laughs> and I actually saw your brain go blind. I went, I looked and I thought, what did that lady say? <laughs> so, everybody, no effing clue what that was about. Sorry about that. There's no end to that story. <laughs> Listen, honestly, Kate, oh it's, a good, it's a good excuse to move forward, to be honest, Ellie. Not that you were boring us. <laughs> no, it was very poignant what I was going to say, like really, really significant about... Well, it's, it's gone. It's I gone. Mean, if it, if it come, I'm not going to concentrate for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Caroline, let, come back. Let's start talking about your journey then, your sobriety journey, because... Honestly, it has been absolutely life-changing for you, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, completely, completely. I, I you know, the first, well, you'll know, I'd never pitched a tent in my life before. <laughs> yeah. Right? And here I am. Was it last year? Was it, was, was it last year? Last yeah, year. Yeah, last year. I was 59 years old and going like with a tent, to spend a weekend <laughs> camping with some ladies. <laughs> and it was absolutely awesome. I loved it. And it's um, it gave me the confidence to do it again on my own. So I applied to volunteer at festivals. <laughs> <laughs> Which you said you were going to do when we were there. Yeah, well, I did. And um, I... Just loved it. I loved my little canvas home um, with the blankets and the, and the lights. And I loved, I can remember walking around a festival just grinning, right? With just absolutely grinning, loving it um, on my own, seeing the people enjoying themselves. It was just, just really perfect. And I thought, I'm doing more of this. So 
I'm doing um, Russell Brands this year. Brilliant. <laughs> that is so cool. That is so, so good. But after that... Are you helping that out in Be Wild, Sam? Are you helping out Be Wild? I am. I'm security, aren't I? You are. You are the woman on the door, so to Hey, you're more than that, you know. <laughs> wait till we see what you're waiting to list. Yeah. <laughs> you are a wing woman. Um, <laughs> after that event that we all did where we went camping with yeah. wild which was was a you know we all got so much out of that weekend yeah. didn't we all different things but we did really get a lot out of it but after that did you not book um a kayaking trip yeah yeah i went I, oh, she, she does that much she's forgotten these things <laughs> this is a woman who's scared of water right it doesn't swim yeah. very well but I just liked the idea and I saw, um, it was from the um, Love Her Wild Facebook group, right? Yeah. And somebody was talking about this company. And I thought, oh, I'll just have a look. This is an outdoor adventure company. I thought, I'll just have a little look. Saw these photographs of somebody kayaking up the west coast of Scotland. and thought, oh, and the sun was out. I thought, oh, it looks so perfect. I thought, what can go wrong? I'll book that. <laughs> I, went, I said to my husband, do you want to do this? And he's like, he has no idea who he's married to now. It's like he's... he's <laughs> <laughs> It's like, you want to go, yeah, sure, book it. So I booked it and uh, we did it. And the weather was far from perfect. It was blowing. <laughs> it was horizontal rain. Oh, <laughs> but God. The waves were really high, you know, and I was like, and I remember looking at the, um, the guide who was with us. Now, this was like three days and we had to camp in uh, just on deserted beaches that you can only get to by boat. And um, I remember his looking at his face and thinking, oh, my God, he's got a serious look. And we're going up and down these waves. That's and like when you look at the air hostesses and air stewards on the, on the plane, isn't it? Like, are they worried? I'm not worried. And I remember thinking, and I was going, I was just enjoying it. I was high on life, high on life. And I thought, if I fall in, I've got a life jacket on. Somebody will pick me up. And I just thought... Oh my God, I feel so free. Oh, I just feel so free. It's just, it just, these layers just keep yeah. happening, you know, and you peel another one off and you get more confidence in, in a different aspect of your life. You know, it's just brilliant. Well, people like can't you see you, but you look incredible as well. Like, you know, you really do. Like, oh, you do, you, you look like you're getting younger, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for that. Do I? You I mean, people can't see me. I've just put lippy on and everything. We'll, we'll oh. take a picture. We'll, <laughs> cut, <laughs> we'll, we'll, cut, we'll cut a bit out for Instagram. Will you, cut, will you put a, sort of like a blob over me then? Yeah. <laughs> but why don't you just put your gross dressing gown on? I have. Look, I, Carolyn, can you be my witness? Have I got my dressing gown on? You haven't. She's all just whipped it off. It's here on me knee. I've got a girl crush on your muscles, actually. I'll pose them. I'm so I'm so happy with them at the minute. Thank you. You know, when you speak about that, Carolyn, the kayaking, I just want to ask you this, right, because um, you'd, you'd never done anything like that before. And it's something that I would massively romanticise about and think I'd love to do that. Mm. But 
Three I'm surprised days you're not doing it. <laughs> because three days, I think, is excessive. Like, did your arms hurt? Were there points where you thought, oh my God, why have I done this? No, my arms didn't hurt because they were too cold. <laughs> <laughs> they were numb. Couldn't feel them. That's brilliant. <laughs> you know what? We, we camped the first night, to be fair, the first night the sun did come out and it was so beautiful we're on this beach and I was like oh we could be in the Caribbean it's just so perfect and nobody else just the group of us and they made a bonfire and then they um sat around and the guide we we were taking all our provisions with us you know so he'd brought all the food and he was cooking us some really nice meals now it wasn't like camping fair you know it was like proper good food he was doing and he got out the the scotch whiskey now you know i used to love a whiskey and i thought oh this is my first sober holiday as well you know i was thinking oh what's this going to be like and it was fine it was fine because my mindset has shifted so much that I see it for what it is. I see it for poison. I so I don't I don't want to put that in my body, you know. So and I was fine. I was just I enjoyed myself. And then when they start getting a bit rowdy around the campfire, I thought, oh, I'll just go go off and do a bit of meditation. <laughs> and I just really enjoyed it. You know, it's incredible. Can can I bring you forward now? Okay, so obviously you've got this really full life now. You're loving it, and and it is obvious. I say obviously because it is obvious. You ooze enjoyment of life on everything that you you see you on. Tell us about the training you've done because we've you know we've put obviously we've mentioned that you've trained with B Academy, but what happened there? What you know when did you suddenly think you know what I'm going to help other people and what have you done and what are you doing? Right, well, I've worked, uh, you know, my, my bread and butter has been behavioural change, right? It's been risk assessment, public protection, behavioural change. So, and 30, 30 years ago, I was also, um, I was an alcohol counsellor. I was a trained alcohol counsellor. Wow. <laughs> Full <laughs> circle. <laughs> yeah. Caroline, you little bugger. An yeah. alcohol counsellor and then going home and having a wine. A whiskey? <laughs> Never mind a wine, a whiskey. Yeah, a whiskey. <laughs> but I, did, I did that training after my father died because I wanted to, to sort of give back. I wanted to help people. Yeah. So, so the other people. That, did my 30 years. Yeah, them on the other side. And, and then thought, right, well, I, I, I want to do something like this again. I want to... I want to give back and I also want to um, be able to send, take semi-retirement and so fund some of that with private work but also spend some time giving back which is why you know I'll always um, do some voluntary work in the sobriety community which is which is what I'm doing and I really love it you know so I decided that training to be an alcohol coach would be a good thing for me so I did I did that with Be Sober and it's really um given me allowed me to hone the skills that were there I think already um but also it's 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 allowed me to think more about what else I want to add in that toolbox so I'm doing some more training um I've done some training as well on uh, delivering circles for Brilliant women um 
And you've done that with Alex McRobbs, oh, is that right? It's all right to mention that. I did that with Alex, yeah. I did a while ago and it was it was yeah. go, on, go back, anybody. You know? I did I did that um the 30 hour training and I'm really interested because part part of my role many years ago in the service was um delivering women's groups to women who'd offended, you know, and I was always interested in the real power of what happens when women come together, you know? Yeah. Um, so when I did this training with Alex, I thought, um, I really love this. I think it's um, it's the way f- forward for uh, lots of women, really, um, because you get so much from that. And I bought a book called The Circle Way, which I'm currently oh, reading. Um and it's 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 really incredible. So I've been doing I've done a couple for Be Sober and I'm doing some more for Be Sober because I, I just think that it, women leave them empowered. I mean, like this week I cried. I cried and cried and cried. Um and I needed to, there was stuff that needed to come out. And I I did I did my share and I got really vulnerable and cried and then the next woman said I didn't know what I was going to share but now I'm going to share this and she gave a really powerful share and then on it went so all of us shared this stuff that we really needed to get out needed support for and afterwards you just feel you feel lighter somehow you know so it's incredible spaces, the women's circles. And I'm interested, I was looking last night at um, Reiki training oh, train yeah. in Bali um, because I'm going to Bali again and I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with my time before or after the retreat. Oh, you're, running, you're running a retreat, aren't you, Carolyn? So just give that, because you are running one. I am running a tre- retreat, yeah, um, the, in September. I think it may may have sold out, so that which is amazing. Fantastic. Um, yeah, um, and that is in Ubud in September, and I think that's why I'm really throwing myself into circles as well because I will be doing yeah. a circle every morning with with the women, um, and. Yeah, I just, I went to on a retreat myself last November. And I've got to say, like, when I booked Bali for myself, I thought, first of all, when I saw this retreat advertised, I thought, well, so that's for other people. That's not for me. Yeah. It's not for the likes of me, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, no, no, I, could, I couldn't even think about it. I started questioning those beliefs. And I thought, well, why not? You know, I'm not drinking i'm saving all that money allegedly by not you know by not spending it not on if that. you're going kayaking around the world you're not carolyn i'm sorry <laughs> to disappoint you <laughs> in in um like working class families yeah. in the uk and we grow up with a mindset of that kind of stuff is not for us it's for other people yeah, um and you know, I, I I went on this retreat and I thought, this is just fantastic. Such a such an amazingly uplifting spiritual experience. I thought, I need to do this. I need to make this more accessible for people. 
So um, I love that you've said this, Caroline. And honestly, I really want to kind of hone in on that, what you've said about like the financial side of it. I remember a couple of years ago when I first stopped drinking and there is um, a, la- a, a girl on the inst- on my Instagram that I used to follow, Laurie McAllister. I don't know whether um, She's you know She's been on our her. podcast as well, hasn't she? Did she come on? Yeah. Oh, yeah, she did. <laughs> well, anyway, she was great. <laughs> no, like, <laughs> she was good. Listen, we're like six seasons in now. I think this is episode like 500 or something. Eight, eight seasons. It's very, very, how many seasons? Eight. eight. Yeah, I, I just rock up, Caroline. I rock up. <laughs> anyway. Um, she did an article once about how she managed to buy a first home for um, through stopping drinking. And I remember reading the comments on it and they were like, oh my God, how much did she used to drink? Because if she can buy a first house, that's bollocks, blah, blah, blah. And people were really negative. About it. There were some positive ones, but obviously they don't stick out to you, do they? Yeah. And and I kind of remember thinking, yeah, like you couldn't have drank that much where you could buy a house. But actually, mm. it changes everything. It's not necessarily just the money that you are spending on alcohol that you save. It's like everything. And I remember when me and my mum first went to look for a motorhome and I couldn't believe it were real. Like I still, I'm, I'm so great and I love it. I can't believe I've got a motorhome on my drive, right? Lucy is beautiful as well. I, I just love it. So Yeah, I love her so much. <laughs> But I remember like the nights before it were happening and I know it sounds so dramatic, but thinking, I can't believe I'm getting a motorhome. Like things like this don't happen to me. Do you know what I mean? Like I just, yeah, exactly. it just felt too good to be true. Now, during my time of sobriety now, and I've just got to put this out there because I'm so excited about it. But last week I paid my IVA off. And for the first time since I was 16 years old, I am completely debt free. Isn't like incredible? completely debt free. I own my car. I've got no debt. I've not got my IVA. And that has all come from stopping drinking and not just the money that I saved on alcohol, but how more productive I've been at work. How, you know, all these different... Being more focused, being yeah. more driven. It's everything, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So when people are sat there and they might be in the really early days thinking, well, it's all right for Carolyn booking these bloody trips to Bali you know what it is possible and you are proof that this is possible by ditching the booze your life can change so much and things that you dreamt of or thought was for other people become reality and now you're helping that you know, and I had to, I had to think about it. I thought, right, well, okay, I get my nails done every fortnight. Well, I'm going to stop that. I'm going to do them myself. So, you know, so it's not, it's not like I've, you know, dug into my back pocket and paid for Bali. I've had to think about where I'm spending in in other directions to do that. Um, but it absolutely is possible, and it's it's not just a dream. You know, we can yeah. do it. And when I was there, I. I I got speaking to the organiser, Marie, great, great woman. She's been there 10 years. She knows everybody. And I just said, would, would you work with me? And she, she was absolutely, yeah, of course I would. <laughs> so, so it's taken a lot of planning. There's another thing, you get braver, don't you, to actually just ask for the things you want. You do. And I did, 
I did a circle with Alex, yeah, probably beginning of last year. And she, one of the journal prompts was around um, your dream job. What is it? What would you do? You know, and I think I even mentioned this to you. You did. We had a session, didn't we? And we talked about it. Running retreats. So it's like, what do they say? A dream becomes a goal when you write it down. And I wrote it down. <laughs> Running retreats, you know, leading. Are oh, you doing it? It's there. It's not a dream anymore. It's actually there. It's amazing. Yeah, Carolyn. Before we kind of bring everything to a close, because you know you are now a qualified yoga instructor. You are a qualified circle instructor. You're a you are a yoga instructor as well, aren't you? Now, no, I, I'm not a yoga instructor yet. It's 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 for circles, and yeah. So it's called. I think it's the sober sober curious circles or something okay but from the from sober yoga girl yes yeah yeah yeah. okay sorry and um, And you do talk about you know you do learn about uh, the philosophy and yoga it's it's very much sort of i know you did your training but i I thought i've I've never seen you bending over and doing funny poses but i thought i'd throw it in i've never seen (laughs) you bending over (laughs) i actually have that to be honest with you when we was uh all bent over on the outdoor playing field at our last camping event (laughs) and um yeah and you're a coach so and you are you know I have witnessed you coaching firsthand and I'm not just saying this but you it is very very like you said before developing your skills that were already there that is what it is you are a natural you are a gifted coach and everybody needs to know about you please tell everyone who's listening where they can find you and what they need to do if they want to come and book in with you oh thank you Alex um I am at carolynclarkcoaching.com uh, the website has just gone live um, well, well done. done congratulations send us the link carolyn i'll stick it on the i've got your email on there but send us the link for the website I'll so that's carolyn clark at carolyn it's carolyn clark coaching at um oh now you've got me carolyn <laughs> <laughs> Clarkcoaching.com. That's where it is. Emily Clark doesn't have an E on the end. No, no E. No E. I keep wanting to put an E on the end. No, no, you don't keep wanting to do. I have to take it off everything you write. You do put it on. (laughs) (laughs) CarolynClarkCoaching.com. And I'll stick your email on there and people can just email you for a consultation. Yeah, they can. And um, I'm also at, I've changed my Instagram to uh, sober happy 60 and the reason i did that is because i was when i was commenting on people's it, and it was carolyn clark coaching and i just felt like i was co- i was commenting as a person rather than a coach and i just felt oh i, I no, it doesn't this feels wrong i need to i need it to be something that describes me as the person rather than the coach but yeah I do put a lot lot of stuff on there as well it's so interesting that because Alex and I had a conversation before about your Instagram handle because Alex had said oh it's sober happy 60 or something like that Mm. and I was like why has she changed that like Mm. why has she changed it from discovery and recovery because I loved that last one yeah and I just think it really I think that did describe you and I also think it was good for your business, to be honest. <laughs> I think, I, you know what I mean? Well, I, I you've got me thinking now, Lisa. Oh, I think oh. about it. 
I did. I like both genuinely like now, especially now you've given the explanation that the handle describes you now. I get it. Yeah, uh, t- because I am 60 now. And, and you uh, are well, so, going to be 61 soon. I don't want to like... Oh, yeah. shut <laughs> <you anything. laughs> I have thought about that. <laughs> but you are, you are going to be 61. <laughs> so then, but I like discovering in recovery because not only did one, did it describe you, but mm. also that is what you're helping other people do. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna leave the I'm gonna leave Carolyn's Instagram off the description because it might be something else by tomorrow. <laughs> but I will put your website and your email on. So you know what time it is, Carolyn. It's time to ask you our famous question. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, go on. <laughs> so our motto yeah. is be brave, be kind, be sober. Which one of those do you relate to most right now and why? Mm. Um, it is be kind, I think, because um, it's above all, it's really important to be kind to ourselves when we embark on this journey. And when we are further down on this journey, we need to be kind to ourselves. We need to be kind to others. And part of that, I think, is... Um, like getting into groups and, and supporting people that are coming up behind you and um, just giving them, you know, your tips and um, just general support. But like being kind to yourself also means not drinking, doesn't it? Being sober. Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, from that, everything else falls into place. It does. Also, I think I've remembered what I was oh, going to no. say. Oh, good. Good. Well, I just don't want to leave you all hanging. I know how into my story you must have all been. And before I forget again, <laughs> all it was so stupid. All it was is when Lisa was saying about um, having a period of sobriety in your mind. So I went a really long-winded way about it of saying that she'd asked about it. And I said, yeah, I only set out for 30 days. <laughs> Yeah, that's the end of the story, guys. <laughs> you know what? I think it's a good end because it's actually a, actually a really good beginning as well, that in it. And we always say this about like, mm. I think it's really scary for people to think of being sober as a forever thing. And I think that's where a lot of newly sober people kind of I don't want to say fail but kind of, it, yeah. it get it just it yes. looks too big for them and That's the majority of you a failure isn't it the majority of people that we speak to never set out forever and if somebody had said to me in my first when I was really trying for a hundred days come on do it forever do it forever I'd have been like no well, look at the three of us. None of it, you know, we didn't do it. We never, ever set out to do this forever. It just, it naturally happens, I think. It does, because it's so bloody good. It, what you were saying, it's that after 30 days, you things start to happen, things feel good, so you want to go a bit yeah. longer. And eventually, yeah. that trying, 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 like Lisa was saying, mm-hmm. it becomes wanting, wanting, wanting. Yeah. yeah. And, exactly. you know, and that's what it's about. So, and if you do want some help along your journey, Carolyn is there as a coach. Be Sober is there for you. And don't forget our Sober Experiment, which is uh, free for 30 days if you want to give it a go. And it's not too late. Just, do you know, I learned the other day that, what did I say? January was only how many percent of the year did I say? Can you remember? 
<laughs> anyway, it's not a lot. <laughs> it's not a lot of the year. There's like 80 odd percent of the year left yet. So give it a go. <laughs> Yeah, do give it. it. A go. Give it a go. You'll never regret it. Oh, Caroline, thank ever, you so much. Nobody ever says, "Oh, gets up and says, oh, I wish I'd drunk last night." I love yeah, that. One of my other favorite quotes. I thought I'm giving you a quote. Oh, I need to um, give you this one. It's shame dies when stories are told in safe spaces. That so resonated with me, and I think that that's the case on the zooms. You know, where we have our. Yeah. Zoom zooms, yeah. and the circles. You're so right. And it's being brave enough to share sometimes, isn't it? And you know what I love about like these sober circles and any Zooms and sharing is that people dig so deep and it's something that's kept them held stuck for so long. Mm. They come out, they finally say it, and then actually people are like, oh my God, is that it? Well, you should have heard this. <laughs> and somebody's saw it. And then you're like... Oh my God, I've held on to that for so long and nobody's even asked. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not even a big thing. Yeah, and what shame for one person is absolutely not for another. So like you say, it really does um, stop when you share. Well, sometimes it, it is a big thing and you find yourself in a room with people and you're expressing it for the first time. I can remember the first time I went on a Zoom and actually said the words that have heard them coming out my mouth. I've got a problem with alcohol. And I thought, oh my God, I've actually said it. And I felt lighter and I, and I skipped. I was outside doing the Zoom on, on my phone. And I just kind of, you know, I felt lighter on that walk. I thought, oh my God, I've just spoken to real people, you know, who've, who've you know, who identify with yeah. me and got a problem with alcohol. And this is bloody amazing. <laughs> and that was it look at her now oh my goodness there's no stopping you you're like the the um, sobriety wonder woman Caroline honestly it's been, it's been lovely having you on finally I can't even believe we haven't done it so far with that you know it's amazing but I think we've got you on at the right time because you're just at that point now where there's the next chapter unfolding and we'll get you back on when you're a um, multi-billionaire owning your own retreat in Bali <laughs> <laughs> Carolyn, thank you. You've been amazing and we love you. Thank you so much. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast and don't forget to follow us or subscribe. And of course, share it with your friends to help spread the Be Sober love. If you want to find out more about the work we do or you want to join our amazing community here at Be Sober, you can find out more on our website, besoberofficial.com. Until next time, be brave, be kind and, and be, be sober. sober.